Welcome to Grace and Peace Radio with your hosts, Anthony and Amy Russo. Grace and Peace Radio is a weekly Christian podcast where together we'll discuss how we can apply God's Word to everyday life. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. It's our hope that you will be encouraged and God will be glorified. And with that, let's start the show. Well, welcome to another edition of Grace and Peace Radio. Hello. <laughs> Amy and I are sharing a microphone this time, so she's going to sound a little far away. We are here in one of the meeting rooms at our church, and we're here with our pastor, Pastor Michael Schaffron, Dr. Michael Schaffron. Hi, how are you? Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so one of the things that I noticed as we pulled up was the, the parking lot is all nice and newly sealed. Yeah. And yeah. of course, you know, I was thinking of that old Charles Wesley hymn. It just came to my, you know, and he says, uh, take our parking lot, Lord, take and seal oh it, seal it for <laughs> thy. Well, thanks folks for tuning in. <laughs> Catch us next love. time. No, it's my show. I can keep oh. singing. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah, you could. I've been waiting all week to use that line. Wow. So. I'm pretty thankful for it. So with that, here's the transition. There is no transition to, out of that. But, you know, really what we wanted to talk about today was looking unto Jesus, looking to the Lord, and having calm in the midst of calamity. And even though, yeah, we, you know, we open with this, uh, this joke, it's just a reminder that Christians can have joy, even though the world may be engulfed in flames around us. Uh, yeah. That God has given us joy. And so what Amy and I wanted to do was invite Pastor Michael to come and share any thoughts that he's got as far as advice uh, from the Word uh, to guide us as believers to look to Christ in the midst of these difficult circumstances that we see around us. With that, again, Michael, thanks so much for joining us. What are some thoughts as you've had to deal as a pastor with all kinds of life situations and things and, and even people reacting to news in the world, not just presently, but over the course of your ministry. How are some ways that you point people to the Lord? Let, let me start first. Let's think of three different types of Christians. New Christians, farther along Christians, and then mature believers. So okay. how, how would you... How would you being a new Christian, I think it's going to be something kind of new in their thinking. So it's going to be something that they are... They've not thought this way before. They kind of need to be directed. They may, uh, you know, they're they're used to thinking this way. This is where their mind goes, and they intentionally need to to think a different way. And many times, the new Christians, they're they're very uh, excited about hearing that. They're very open, and and many times the Lord is just because they're in the Word. I mean, if you want to just kind of think about it, many times the new Christians are the ones that are in the Word because they're learning stuff. They've never heard this stuff before, and it's the old Christians, the quote-unquote mature Christians, that have, um, you know, they've heard this before, and oh, they'll they're not reading as much or whatnot. So they're the ones who are who are it's really on their mind. And so they're really wanting to think through like how do I how, how do I respond to this? This I I've not encountered seeing this 
uh, issue happen on the world stage before, but now I want to, I'm, I'm looking through it the first time with my Christian lens, my Christian worldview. And, and so they're looking for how, how do I deal with that? How do I think through like that? And so they've already formulated many times, uh, a, a foundation for that, but they'll just want some guidance in that. Um, for the, for the mature Christian, really, it's just coming back and just really being, you know, reminded of how they should think, um, uh, you know, uh, just thinking about the fact that we're, uh, that God is sovereign. And, uh, now how many times do we, we know that we love that at our church, we celebrate that that's a hallmark of what we hold to. And yet how many times do we need to be reminded of it? Right. We need, we need that. So the in-between is just in-between, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. What, sure. They don't, they don't walk in and say, Oh, you're an in-between Christian. So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, so, I mean, I, I think that those are really the, the, you know, the two endpoints. you know, you find people in, in between that all the time. I, I love the foundation that you set for the conversation because in what you said, you stress the importance of being in the word and the importance of being reminded of God's sovereignty. And I think that's just a fantastic way yeah. to, to begin the conversation. I know you had some some thoughts as well that you wanted to to bring in. What what are some some thoughts that you've got? Well, some of the some of the thoughts in in looking at this, I just a, a number of random thoughts, but hopefully there's some cohesion to it. Is that there's um, we have to just kind of recognize that people they long to be part of something that is much greater than who they are. Uh, that's why you have so many non-Christians, virtually all of them, grab onto some movement, some issue, something, so that it makes them feel like they are part of a greater cause than themselves. Even Christians can be caught up in that in a, in a smaller realm. They want to be part of, of something. And so it could be anything from very serious issues that people are taking up. I'm not talking about Christians here, but just people in general. You know, that's why people are, oh, I want to become an environmentalist or rights for such and such a group, whatever it may be. And, you know, it has nothing to do really with them. But they just want to feel the importance in being part of a, of a larger group, and so I think for for the Christian, uh, we can get caught up in those kinds of things as well. And again, it can it doesn't even have to be important things. It could just be I'm part of a I'm part of a fan base of a football team. You know, hey, when they win, I win. And when you kind of think about it, it's really ridiculous. You know, when they win, no, they win. I mean, what did you do? We we watched it on TV. But but people like to feel like I'm part of this greater movement, something greater outside of ourselves. And so I think that first of all, we need to recognize and remember that we are part of, we truly are part of something that is greater. Uh, and that that greater is God, and it is God and what He is sovereignly doing. There's that word again, God's sovereign. God is sovereign, what He is sovereignly doing in the nations. You know, we, we don't understand everything that He's doing. We don't understand the way that He works. You read some of the Old Testament prophets. Just think about like Habakkuk and how God was using the Chaldeans to 
to for his glory and he didn't really understand that and i mean there there oh, time and time again you see god using these huge movements and they seem like evil and they well they are evil but yet god is using for his ultimate glory so to to it, it's it's almost like you have to renew your mind as to what are you going to attach yourself to uh, and I think for the Christian, the important thing is to attach ourselves to to God, to to find our hope in Him. And I'm going to get to that in a little bit about the hope of God, but but to really attach ourselves to to Him and His sovereignty and His glory and to our finiteness and our smallness and the fact that we we like to feel like we're important. So here's this global issue that's going on right and i i get all worked up about it so then i send out a a mean tweet about it to or or a uh, oh i'm gonna zing this group you know and it's like you know two people see it or something like that and and we're thinking oh yes look at the difference and we're like we didn't make any difference but we like to feel like we're part of that so i think just to kind of step back that's where for me the peace would come to step back and realize I I really can't do anything. I can pray about it, and that's something that's needed. But I can step back and I can just realize and just rest in the fact that God is God, and that He has this great cosmic plan that is going out. And in doing this great cosmic plan, He is going to work all things for His glory. It's interesting too that you present this idea that everybody wants to be part of something bigger. Because they want to, and and they'll get behind a cause. And even as you were saying that, I was thinking, honestly, that's why people join even Antifa, yeah. because they want to be part of a cause. And yet, where you ended up was that as Christians, you said we know that we can do nothing, and we can have peace that we can that we can do nothing, but God is sovereign. And so there's that difference there that in the world there's this drive to be part of this cause and make this change and do this thing. And in a sense, that's good. But at the same time, as Christians, we do the opposite in a sense. And we pull, can pull back and go, you know what? I'm just one person. God is sovereign. Yeah. And so there's a bit of a difference there. Amy, what, what have you got? What I was thinking about too, is you're talking about prayer, you know, that that's what we do as Christians. We pray and that that's important and I think I want to stress that it really is important. It really does matter. I've done it myself, but I've heard other Christians say, well, all I, all I can do is pray. You know, that's all I can do. That is more powerful than we realize. So I guess my emphasis is that don't discount that power of prayer and coming before the Lord and beseeching him. Yeah, and I have to remind myself of that as well. And I've said it from the pulpit because I heard other people say it to me about missions and say, well, you know, all, all we can do is pray. And they're like, well, that's like a person saying, all I can do is breathe. That's how important prayer really is. So we, we certainly can and should pray. And really that is our first, I think that that's an excellent point. That That's exactly what we need to do. And instead of, you know, doing these things, you know, trying to find peace and, okay, I got to let off some steam and social media or something like that. But really we should pray. We should go to the one who is indeed in control of all things and, 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 and go there. Yeah. 
you had mentioned, I know one of the things you wanted to talk about was hope. I didn't know if that was something you wanted to get to now or, or oh, sure. down the road. Yeah. So one of the things that we find ourselves in calamities, and it could be a, a personal thing where who knows what in the world's going on, but, uh, or it could just be something, you know, much bigger that is going on in the world. And we can, we can find ourselves becoming distressed and the world looks to all kinds of different ways to, to deal with that. And so I think this is where it goes back to being even just a, you know, saying a, a brand new Christian or a, a mature Christian or an in-between Christian where you're, where you're learning any, anyway, the, these things, I, I like to go to, to Psalm 42 and 43 which these psalms uh, go together and uh, these two psalms are just so so important for me when when there's stress and uh, distress these two psalms actually go together probably written to be sung together or whatnot uh, because they they end in the same phrase in the first part I'm not going to go through this whole thing because it would be a obviously a sermon and you know how that would be but but he he's just going through and he's talking about how his soul thirsts for God in verse 2 and in verse 3 and 4 he he just talks about his tears and certainly uh you know his tears have been his food day and night so in other words he's been continuously just crying and and uh, he he's going be, he remembers when he had peace and when things were going well how he'd lead the procession but now his soul is cast down so that that's a very uh, we, that can happen to us personally right that that is something that can happen to us uh, in family situations or sometimes even for reasons we don't even know and i know in there are certain times you you're not quite sure what to think you're not quite sure how to feel when it literally feels like the world around you around you and the world itself is just kind of collapsing and descending into chaos. And so where, what does he say? What what does he where does he go? In verse 5 he says, "Why are you cast down my soul and why are you in turmoil within me?" And then he says, "Hope in God." And so that that is such a basic teaching. But isn't it true that that is something that we need continuously? Hope in God. Really, that's what salvation is, right? Our hope is found in Christ. Our hope is is found there. And it, it, it repeats it. Uh, I think that this is really important. When you when you look down, he, he talks about in verse 7, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. And I think that word your is very important because he's saying, Lord, you've sent the waterfalls. And he says, all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. So it's it's really kind of showing God's sovereignty. You're seeing these waves, you're seeing these breakers, you're seeing all these things, but ultimately these things have their source in you. And uh, so you are allowing that you are working these things for your glory. And and he's he's so he's so distraught. He's thinking down in verse nine. Lord, why have you forgotten me? Uh, I, I go around mourning. Uh, I'm oppressed by my enemy and all of these things. And they're saying, where's your God? And he says in, again in verse 11, why are you cast down? Oh, my soul. And why is there turmoil within me? Hope in God. Once again, there's the, the refrain to hope in God. 
and I'm not going to read it, but then the next section too deals once again, but, but he, he pulls out in verse three, send your light and your truth in, in chapter 43 in Psalm 43 it says, send your light and your truth. Let them lead me. So that's what you were talking about earlier. I think Anthony, when you were talking about, uh, how we need to be in the word, in the source of truth, letting our mind be filled, uh, with, with truth rather than the news outlets or whatever just feel turn off the tv i i think it's important to uh to know what's going on but you don't need to meditate about what's going on you need to meditate about the light and the truth let those lead you and once again to show the connection he says why are you cast down my oh my soul and why is there turmoil within me hope in god so three times he says, hope in God. And this is David. David, a man after God's own heart, man who's dealing with these things. He's dealing with struggles, I believe, much greater than you and I will ever have to deal with. Uh, and yet uh, he says, you know, I'm going to go back and I'm going to find my hope in God. That's something the new Christians need to know in between Christians, uh, you know, and, and all of us, we, we just need to go back and find our hope in God. And, and the the, the change that happens comes because he says, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. He's, he's, his faith is not resurrected, but renewed, refreshed. And so we find our hope in God. I see what's going on in the news, but my hope is in God, not in, not in the news. People have come to me, you know, after different elections, I've pastored during different elections, you know, and, and sometimes they think, you know, they had high hopes or whatever, you know, and they're just dashed. They're just depressed, you know, and, and I understand that, you know, you, you want to be part of whatever, or, or you, you think for me, even, I'm not sure we want to get into all that, but you know, with all the COVID and all that kind of stuff and you're like, Hey, everything's over. And then, you know, there's upticks and then you're like, ah, oh, you know, Lord, it is. It's exhausting. And then you're going through all these things yet once again, and you're like, Lord, I, you know, okay. Uh, because you're dealing with people and all the problems and all the anxiety that everybody's going through. And you're like, I want to go into different anxieties and problems that people have. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know. Yeah. yeah, we like variety. Yeah. You know. That's so good. It's it. Thank you so much for, for sharing that out of Psalm 42 and 43. That passage that you, that's repeated there three times is a is a key idea in biblical counseling, as, as you know, because it's the idea of David's doing some self inventory here, and I don't mean that in the the secular psychoanalytical sense. I just mean that David's reflecting inward, doing this analysis, and disciplining himself. He's disciplining himself to look to the Lord. Yeah, and he's he's checking what's going on. Why are you so downcast, O my soul? And like you said earlier, there's so many factors that could be a, a part of that. You know, our diet, our lack of sleep, our, you know, whatever medicines we're on or, or whatever the case is. And so, but why are you so downcast on my soul? And sometimes we don't even know why. And you yeah. mentioned that. But it's the, the, the Christian's job is to be mature, to be disciplined, to say, I've got to put my hope in God. In other words... Instead of freaking out about what I'm seeing in the headlines and what I'm hearing in the news because I've got the TV going in the background while I'm cooking or whatever, get that baseline of, wait a minute, 
I got to put my hope in God. And so there's that discipline there. So Christians, as far as dealing with the calamity, part of that is God expects us to discipline ourselves and our discipline our minds and, and so on. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's right. And I don't know if this might be part of your notes or your notes, uh, Anth. What I have found even in the last couple of years as I'm reading through the Bible, doesn't matter where, Old Testament, New Testament, Sometimes we get bogged down with the idea of when is justice going to happen or is mm-hmm. justice going to happen? There's just so much evil, so much bad, so many organizations or people not paying for their wrongs. What I have found is that I tend to look at what I'm reading a little differently. Verses are now popping up that I'm seeing of justice is going to come. The Lord's, the Lord's not ignoring it. He's, he's not pretending it's not happening. It's going to be in his time, but over and over again, uh, and especially in the Psalms and in the prophets, when it, yeah, they're talking about Israel and their sins, but it applies to now. And I find comfort in that, just knowing that, no, the Lord's going to have his day. Yeah, that's exactly right. That was... uh... That was uh, another thing that I I frequently go to. I I, I guess it was a couple of years ago now. Uh, I got invited to speak at a like a senior luncheon, and uh, I thought, man, what in the world am I going to talk about? And my, as I recollect, probably something was big was going on in the news, and and I had gone out to to breakfast with some of these guys, and you know they they would sit around and talk about all the events going on and complaining, and you know, and they kind of drove. It's funny going to lunch with you know the young guys versus the older guys, and and just you know the difference that you could tell what they're watching, what they care about, and and all that kind of, and you could just sense that there was anxiety sometimes uh with these with uh folks uh just thinking about uh you know what's going on in the world and and whatnot and so i I took him to psalm 73 once again and this exactly hits on what amy was talking about i don't know if you had this passage in mind when you were specifically but i'm familiar with that okay yeah and so he you know this is a, a, a psalm of asaph and uh, it's actually the beginning of book three, so it kind of is to set the tone for the for that section of the Psalms. And I, I think about this a lot because uh, he here he is he's he's just looking and he's seeing there are these people are going out and they're doing everything that is wicked and there seems to be no justice. There seems to be they seem to have no problems that they're they're getting rich they don't have any problems it's it's almost like he had facebook back in the day right mm-hmm. you know he where he's just seeing every, everybody's on vacation everybody's having a great time <laughs> their lives are perfect right. their meals are per, you know and everything and he he just he doesn't understand this and the 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 problem isn't that he sees things going well with people the the problem is these people are wicked they are wicked in, in the fact that they hate God. They don't want anything to do with God. And he, he says it, behold, in verse 12, behold, these are the wicked, always at ease. They increase in riches. And I mean, you think about that. That's what everybody wants. Everybody wants 
boy, if I could have an easy life in my bank account would increase. I mean, <laughs> and he says, but they're wicked. They they don't love God. Lord, why are you blessing them this way? And he, it really created a, a, a problem for him. And he comes and he says, but when, in verse 16, but when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task until I went to the sanctuary of God, then I discerned their end. And so he, he comes back and he says, Okay, I Lord, you have this big plan. You have this you have this under control and ultimately judgment is indeed going to come. And uh, so then that's why he uh in verse 26, he says um my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is my strength of my heart and my portion forever. So once again, he turns himself back into the character, the nature of God, who God is, God's sovereignty, and so um, he says, "This is where I'm. This is where I'm going to go. I'm going to find my hope and strength in Him." Yeah, that, that that's excellent. And even as as Amy, as you mentioned, you know, if we look that idea that what what asaph is talking about it's all through scripture i mean god gives us all these examples i mean just in my own reading this week i was reading through uh, i finished judges and moved into first samuel and again first samuel chapter two uh how god saw the the evils of uh hophni and phineas yeah (laughs) and you know those those wicked priests and and he planned their deaths it said uh, the sin of the young the sin of the young men was very great in the Lord's sight, for they were treating the Lord's offering with contempt, and then farther down, for it was the Lord's will to put them to death. And the point of that is, even as we read that, it should remind us again of God's sovereignty over the injustices and the evil that we see, and all those people that, that those guys took advantage of. Uh, and the same thing we see in the world, all the people that are getting taken advantage of and all the wicked things being done. That's just a picture that God is sovereign and we can be absolutely sure that he will take action. And then again, I saw that in uh, Judges 9 with uh, Abimelech's wickedness. And then mm-hmm. also even how God moved in Samson's life to have him fall in love with a Philistine because ultimately God was going to judge them. And, and how that happened. So, again, just all through Scripture, we see these reminders that, that should give us cause and pause to say, to rest in God's sovereignty. But again, I'll just add this. It goes back to the very first thing that you said when we, when we hit record. If you're not in the Scriptures, yeah. you don't know any of this. Mm-hmm. And you have... You have no foundation. You have no way to process all the things that are in the news. You have nothing. I mean, you're literally ignorant. And in one sense, uh, oh, I can't remember who said it. I can't remember who said it. um, But the idea is if you're a Christian and you're stressed out, uh, and you're fearful and worried and and panicking, and you're not in the Word. I think it was maybe Leonard Ravenhill. Essentially, you deserve it. <laughs> yeah, you deserve to be panicked because 
that's what you get from not building up your faith, you know, disciplining yourself unto godliness to be in the word. So we have to deposit these things like like money in the bank. You know, we've got to have this to draw from yeah. in every day, and especially when calamity comes. Yeah, yeah, and I, I remember a uh, when I used to teach school that uh, this computer teacher had this uh, bulletin board. You know, you had to do bulletin. Man, I hated doing bulletin <laughs> boards. That's why I became a pastor because there are no bulletin boards <laughs> that you have to make. And I used to just make one bulletin board a calendar so that you could just change the calendar anyway. And so the but the, but the, but the point is that it said garbage in, garbage out. It was about computers, and I thought, man, that's so true in life. Oh yeah, uh, because you you have to realize that. You know, the the news media, they don't just report facts. That's really what we, as, as believers, I think that's really what we want. We just want facts. Tell us what is actually happening. But news today and whatnot, that causes angst and worry. You know, it's commentary. So you're actually listening to somebody, uh, you know, give their point of view about all the things that are going on. So... So what are you going to feed your mind with? I mean, that we, we talk about that with our bodies. Um, you look at these high-paid athletes, and uh, I read recently one of the – some quarterback, I can't remember who, but he was basically saying that the 30-year-old quarterback today is like a 20-year-old quarterback back in the day, something like to that effect. And, and he, what he was saying is he said the way we take care of our bodies now is vastly different than the way that they used to back then. So we have developed uh, training techniques and food techniques and sleeping techniques and all these kinds of things. To, to create our body so that they are much healthier. And I think, wow, for the Christian, how much better is, is that for us? Like, we need to be truly in the Word um, and, and actually doing that. I, I think of my, my father-in-law, who, who passed away, but he... Um, uh, he 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 knew about the current events that were going on, but literally you would see him. He he would come home from work or whatever, and literally you could find him all the time reading the scriptures. Wow. Okay, like so, and and he would go out by himself. So you would go and you'd interrupt him, but he wasn't on his phone. He wasn't on. You know, he he would you would see him every once in a while. You know, on on the news, just checking out what's going on, but. If you couldn't find him, you knew he was somewhere reading the scriptures. And so he it was just a man, he was just a man who had tremendous peace in his life and and his mind was just trained because that's what he was focused on. You know, it's funny that you you bring that up because I think it was last week I was thinking to myself on my deathbed I'm not going to be laying there going I wish I spent more time on Twitter. Mm. I wish I spent more time on social media. <laughs> Boy, I wish I read more news articles. I'm not going to be wishing that at all. I'm going to be wishing that I hid more of God's word in my heart. Yeah. And that I knew the Lord more, that I prayed more, that I was in the scriptures more. So, uh, you know, and now you said he's he's gone on to glory and what a joy for him to, you know, to, yeah. to have, have been faithful to do that. 
and now he has received his his reward. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's right. And you know, and and when you're gonna face times like that, because you've built yourself up uh, through God's word, you have a great way of uh, of you know encountering those difficulties and in, in a peace uh, in the midst of those things. And it's just, uh, I think, really, we as as a people, uh, we really, really are biblically starved. I, I, I just, I just really think that we don't really read like we should. We don't listen like we should. Uh, we don't meditate like we should. And that goes, I think for all of us. Okay. And so I want to formulate those worldviews. I want to, I want to filter everything through, through the lens of, of what scripture teaches and just have it filled in my heart. I've got a couple of other thoughts, but do yeah. you have some thoughts? Uh, do you have other thoughts that you wanted to share? No. <laughs> and cue the outro. <laughs> Find us on Facebook, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no, I, I, I really don't. You know, the, the, only, the only thing that um, I, I just wanted to share. Uh, there, one... there it is, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. He is a pastor. Do yeah. you have anything else to share? Yeah. No. I just want to share. Yeah, just. Just one more. It's That's, like when the pastor says, and in conclusion. In conclusion. You know. Yep. And, and you know, 20 minutes later. <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't say in conclusion. I try not to. So, but anyway, in, in 1 Timothy 6, 15 to 16, he says, um, He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. And so I I like the fact that God is sovereign, and we, we recognize that, but he is going to right all of the wrongs. Uh, He is going to turn all things that are evil, he is going to change that so that evil is judged and that God alone reigns, so that there is indeed that peace. And so we we look to that new day. That's why we gather on Sunday. It's the first day of the the new day. And so we 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 gather that day. It's the day of resurrection, uh, the new life. And so we we look to that time. You don't have to wonder, is that day ever going to come? You don't have to wonder, is that gonna is that gonna happen? Because he indeed is the sovereign Lord. To go back to what Amy said, I think the biggest thing that we do is we wanting to go, you know, be involved, we need to commit to pray, but we need to commit to right thinking. And I think right thinking helps us to commit to pray. That is true. Yeah, that's excellent. And I'm so glad that you even brought it around to that bigger picture of the, the grand finale of things. You know, one of the things, even as a young Christian that I always remember hearing, and I'm sure you remember too, people would say, if you ever get panicked about the world situation, if, if you're just looking at the world going, Lord, what, what is going on? Turn to the end of the book. We're reminded, and this is really, actually, it's funny because these are the, the two points I wanted to bring up. One, the idea of focus on heaven. Look to heaven. Think about heaven. Meditate on heaven. Remind yourself often about it and remind other believers about it. And just as you were saying that, that, that really it's all the grand fulfillment of the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, look to Revelation 22. You know, mm. Think about heaven more. 
And in the same way, the other side of that coin is think about Jesus's return. Yeah. You know, the Lord, hmm. he is coming back and, and he will rule. He will reign. He's coming back. But also, and I was reminded of this literally just this morning in Matthew 25, verse 13, as the Lord is, is talking, it's in the context of uh, the parable of the 10 virgins. He says, therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. And the point of that isn't just, hey, keep watch so that the Lord pulls us out of here. The point is, brothers and sisters, I'm saying this to all of us, yeah, there's a lot going on in the world, but we need to be busy. Yeah. That Jesus is returning. And yes, that's a good thing, but it also is a call to us to keep watch and to be busy in doing the Lord's work. And that's why Paul tells us not to grow weary in well-doing, but, you know, continue going on, knowing Knowing the greatness of, of what the Lord will do in, 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 in his return. So, yeah. yeah, great thoughts. Well, thank you very, very much for spending thank time you. with us. And uh, we, we very much uh, appreciate you and all you do here at the church and how you have helped us and others. And uh, we just really appreciate your time even today. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you very much for having me. I, I, I was uh, up last night studying for this, and and I couldn't wow. couldn't wait to couldn't wait to come and and share and uh, and uh, so uh, I I appreciate you guys very very much and how you guys serve and and everything and in doing this this is this is fantastic and uh, so this will probably be the the first podcast you guys are putting out that I won't listen to though. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it, it was great. Thank you very much. And uh, with that, we just want to thank you uh, so much. Uh, and we will talk to you next time. God bless you. Well, that's our show for today. I hope you'll join us next time as we spend time in God's Word, looking at how we can grow in our knowledge of Him, our love for Him, and our service to Him. Grace and Peace Radio is honored to be a member of the Christian podcast community. It's a ministry of striving for eternity. Find more Christian podcasts at christianpodcastcommunity.com. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, visit us at graceandpeaceradio.com and on Facebook. Until next time, I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and Jesus changed my life.